With your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast, a special primetime edition. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. And if you're watching on Fate Radio, you can see we've got the studio packed tonight. We had to actually go with the wide cam tonight. And uh, we have with us the god of odd, the Rudyard Kipling of legend tripping, the mayor of Ghost Village, the author of many books, and the host of 30-odd minutes, Jeff Belanger, is here in the spooky studio with us. Hey. (laughs) How's it going? Good to see you guys. Hey, it's always good to see you. it's a party. Yeah, it is. And and we actually get out of here with enough time left over to still party. And have a beer. Thank God. For the first time in a long time. All right. So uh, we are here uh, for a special edition of the show. We're going to be going until 9 o'clock when the Red Sox pregame show will start. And uh, then we'll be back on at our regular 10 p.m. time next Saturday night. But tonight we're going to talk about legend tripping because Jeff's new book is called Picture Yourself Legend Tripping. And I never thought I could picture myself doing it. But after reading the book, I realized how easy it is. Aw, thanks, guys. Tim, thanks, man. No, uh, legend tripping is something I'm so excited about because... I think, you know, like you guys, you've been doing this a while. I think there's this natural progression for those of us that have been in the paranormal a while where it starts because of legend tripping. It starts because you heard a great story and you wanted to check it out. And then it evolves into like a real passion where you're doing all kinds of things. You're experimenting. You want to, you know, test theories. You get into equipment. And then you find, I don't know, I, I found anyway that I hit a lot of roadblocks. I hit a lot of things that didn't make much sense to me. And I started getting really frustrated with the paranormal a few years ago. But the more I got back to story, the more I fell in love with it again. And that's what legend tripping is all about. It's story. It's putting yourself into the legend. Because as soon as you look into anything haunted, anything paranormal, UFOs, Bigfoot, you name it, you become part of that story. You become a chapter in it. And all that matters really at the end is what you believe. Uh, I, it took years to kind of figure that out. but So I'm hoping to really start like a whole movement just to return to great story. It's okay if you want to get into all the equipment and all that stuff, but... You know, let's not forget why we fell in love with this. But also, to some degree, these groups that are out there with the equipment, they are doing the exact same thing, even if they won't admit as much. Every television show you've ever seen, every ghost hunting show, monster hunting show, UFO hunting show, is legend tripping. First and foremost, they heard a story that they thought was compelling, they believed there was something more to it, and they went to check it out. Some people just standing there is enough. Other people need to set up, you know, infrared cameras and all that other stuff. But all of them are also legend tripping, you know, first and foremost. Because it's it's the legend that's the heart of all of this. So we we say the background story, the research, but a legend does grow up around these these uh, events. Absolutely. And the other thing too is that a legend is a real living entity. It, it does everything else that living entities do. It, it's born. It grows up. It can marry and merge. It can move. It can give birth to offspring. It can go dormant and sleep. It can travel and it can die. That's what a legend is. And they're real. They're indisputably real. What's behind them is what we can argue about. But the fact that we talk about them, the fact that people have experiences that reinforce these legends, the only way that a legend dies is if we stop believing in it, if we stop talking about it. So let's take a haunt, for example. If years go by and nothing haunted happens at a location... 
people slowly stop talking about it. They, yeah, I heard it was haunted, but no one's ever seen anything. The legend gets smaller and smaller until eventually people don't even remember that it was haunted. But when things keep occurring, when people keep having experiences, when they start talking about it, oh, my God, I saw the little girl that said to haunt that building. It's reinforced. It grows strong and healthy and robust, and, and we talk about it. And as each person that investigates this legend becomes more part of it, and they do help it, they keep it from dying. They keep it going and give it its own unique twist and turn, almost to the point where sometimes the legend becomes completely unrecognizable to the original story. Sure. They all they change and evolve. That's the nature of them. I mean, a good example is look at vampire legends. Today, vampires are really, really sexy teenage people who are beautiful, you know, and sparkle and all this other stuff. That's that's where our society today has taken the vampire. 150 years ago, they were walking corpses. They resembled zombies more than anything else. They weren't sexy. They were just, you know, blood-sucking, you know, leeches that were feeding on the living. And that's the nature of all these legends. But there's something back there that started it. I believe in the paranormal. Let me just say that up front. I believe that there's, you know, I believe there's intelligence in outer space. I believe that, thanks for moving that, Tim. The whole audience can't tell, but Tim and I have been staring at each other lovingly through a crane holding up a microphone. And now I'm not distracted. They can see that if they go to fatemag.com slash fate radio. All right. Just one of the many dot-coms we'll be plugging in the next hour and Absolutely. Half. It's going to get yeah. insane. Yeah, it's going to just be dot-com madness. Uh, but, but the thing is that you know I believe in this stuff because I think there's something behind it. A story doesn't start out of nowhere. You can make something up, but unless something happens, unless there's events that reinforce that made-up story, it just goes away. So there's a natural progression to it, and it's the reason I believe in the paranormal. And there's got to be a way for people to understand that when they go out there and they look and they investigate the paranormal, when they add to the, they could be almost becoming a fictitious element of that legend. It, I think that's what most of these paranormal investigators are afraid of. They're afraid of being associated with the idea of a legend. They're afraid of becoming part of that story because I guess if you want to look at it, and you're, you're a journalist, I'm a journalist, we know we have to be objective, we can't put ourselves in the story, and maybe they're reluctant to do that because they think that they should also be outside of the story. Dude, journalism is a great example, because you know as a journalist, it is impossible to be 100% impartial. Mm-hmm. You can't do it, because you hear all the facts, you have some hypothesis in your head, you, even though you go in and you hear both sides and everything, you're going to lean a certain way, because some something's just going to make more sense to you than the other. You've got to present both sides. But it's so hard to be 100% objective. It's, it's nearly impossible. You'd have to be completely detached from humanity. You're so right that ghost investigators want to go in and be a, an objective observer, but you can't. I mean, Einstein recognized when you get to the quantum level of physics, the observer being in the room affects the outcome of the experiment. It's even more so when you're talking about the paranormal. You're in the room. You're a part of the legend. You're already a part of it. The second you, you walked onto the property, the second you looked up into the night sky, you became a part of the legend. Just accept it. It's okay. You know, it's, it's great. It's why we do it. That's what legend tripping is. I want to be a part of the story. I want to come home and say, man, I saw something. It reinforced what I heard. Or, you know, maybe there's not so much to that. That's what I'm doing all the time, these human experiences. It's time to put the human back into the paranormal. You can't remove us. And it's... There's a reason why legend tripping and all these aspects of the paranormal are synonymous because it's such a story that develops around these extremely just amazing experiences that people have that it it can't help but become a legend unto itself. If you have a ghost experience as a kid and then you share that with somebody and then 
10 years later, it comes up in conversation again with somebody else, and then you're talking about it with your kids 20 years after that, you're creating a legend whether you realize it or not. Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is that uh, the, the original definition of legend tripping, by the way, is something called ostention. It's an old folklore term. When you were kids, remember sneaking out of the house and you'd go to the haunted cemetery and knock on the headstone three times, see if you could summon the, the cursed you know witch who lived inside? That's legend tripping. You're breaking the rules. You're defying mom and dad. You might be trespassing. That's the original definition. I'm boldly and unabashedly redefining it uh, right now. And, and it's not just me. I mean, that's that's where the field went to. I mean, we, we do get permission. We do go to places. Um, you know, some of them offer tours. Let's face it. Some of them have capitalized on their legends. And you, you can buy into it. You can become part of it. And, uh, and so it's a redefinition of, of what's been around for thousands and thousands of years, as long as there have been legends. Um, but I, I think we can look at it in an objective way. But more than anything, I want people to document this stuff. But what I want people to document is their own experience, because that's you're the observer. If you want to get in scientific terminology, you're the observer. So your observations are the most relevant data you can collect on a paranormal investigation. What do you see, feel, hear, touch, smell, those kinds of things? Quit typing. God, it's so distracting. You should look at me when I talk. I'm sorry. It's with the, the fate radio camera, I'm trying to put up the phone numbers on the screen so people can call in. But Speaking of phone numbers, let me interrupt you, Absolutely. Tim Weisberg, because uh, I was honored. I've, um, I've been asked to write a few forwards to some books over the years. It's, a, it's an honor. I, I'm very flattered when people ask me. Tim Weisberg is writing a new book. Uh, it's called Ghosts of the South Coast. Spooky South Coast. Makes sense. Well uh, well done. And he asked me to write the forward. Now, here's the thing. Tim asked me to write the forward days ago, like three days ago. It's due July 29th, which yes. is a pretty narrow window, and I'm a busy guy. So what I'm asking is I, I'm, we're not leaving here tonight. The sh- before the show's over, you will have your forward. And I'm asking the listeners of Spooky South Coast to help me write the forward. So... Um, I, I, I bang something out here, but I've got a lot of blanks. So if we could get some callers, please give out the number. Sure, it's 508-996-0500, if you want to call in toll-free. Each caller, uh, you know, we can talk about whatever you want, but I'm going to ask callers and I'm going to ask folks in the room here for, for help uh, in, you know, in writing this thing. So as you call in, you're going to get odd questions, but um, it's all in the... And then at the end, I'll read it so people can hear the forward before the book even comes out. There's nothing wrong with odd questions here on this show. No, or on your show, 30-odd minutes, because... Thank you. 30oddminutes.com. You can and spell it or use the number. We should also mention, too, that you've launched legendtripping.com as well. Another .com. Can, can we keep a dinger going every time a .com is... Ding! Ding! Um, it, it's, the, it's the age we live in, man. No, I know. Yeah, legendtripping.com, the whole idea is to get people, the whole community of people that are doing this... Writing about their experiences, getting back to you know to the experience. So yeah, the site's only been up a couple of weeks. I've gotten great feedback so far. There's a lot of fun stuff, and uh, and what's cool is that this whole project has been awesome. If you watch thirtyoddminutes.com, you've seen Matt and Sarah and Andrew and Andy, and they're all here tonight in the studio. Can we get an introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, why, don't, why don't you introduce? All right. Everybody? Well, Matt Moniz, everybody knows because he's here all the time. Matt's also on Thirty Odd Minutes all the time and been there from the very beginning. Andrew Lake, who's in here quite a bit, he's here, and well done, sir. Howdy. That's my boy. Wait, can you just say the first part of our intro? He's our voiceover guy, too. Come on. For the next 30 minutes. Come on, come on. For the next 30 minutes, we will explore the unexplained. Oh, that's so good. And last, certainly not least, the lovely and talented Sarah. Sarah's here. Hey, guys. 
That was awfully, no, I was awfully like, reserved. Try again, Sarah. try again. Be bold. Hey. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sarah's on the cover, too. And here's the thing. You you know if you, um, as you're writing a book, right, you've got uh, certain contractual obligations about word count and photos and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know also, if you now that you're writing a book, that the pay is terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so great to con your friends into being the models. And there's pictures of Andrew and Matt and Sarah and... And Rob, all throughout the book, because uh, I couldn't afford to pay them, and other, th- you know, anything other than the the glory. We got pizza. Well, they did get pizza. That's right. Uh, that's more than I gave the people that took photos with me. So and beer. All right, well, why don't we take a break? Uh, when we come back, we will throw open the phone lines. Again, the numbers are one 996 1420 508-996-0500. You can also join the chat room at fatemag.com slash fateradio. You can also get to that through the Fate Radio button on spookysouthcoast.com as well. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Studios of AM. Hello, ghosts. Come in, ghosts. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. Oh, great Odin's Raven. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSM into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast, broadcasting on WBSM and on Fate Radio as well. And uh, thank you for joining us here on the special primetime edition. You can uh, you can hold that up to the camera, Jeff. That's fine. And uh, we <laughs> we are talking with Jeff Belanger, uh, who has actually surprisingly yet to pick his nose on the camera. Which there you go. There was a, a running bet of how long that was going to take. Uh, but we are. Discussing Legend Tripping with Jeff. His new book is called Picture Yourself Legend Tripping, and you can pick it up. I'm assuming it's on ghostvillage.com and legendtripping.com. Yep, you can get it from Amazon or your favorite local bookseller. And we we like to suggest that people buy it from spookysouthcoast.com, the Please. spooky store. We have all of Jeff's books in there Aww. if you want to go in there and purchase many, many of them. I love you more now. And they're all great books, so you should have them on your bookshelf. All of them. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And he's he's also so humble, folks. That's the other thing too. No, Daddy needs a new uh, new trifield meter. But you were talking about uh, beforehand. We were talking about having the callers call in and and share some of their yeah, South Coast stories. But I want to hear too. I want to hear people uh, about their own legends that they you know that they tripped as a kid or that they go on now. And also, first caller, what the heck? Let's give him a copy of the book signed by Sarah. <laughs> Not me so much. It's the only way it's valuable. Right? That's right. My signature, just bring the value down. So first caller at 508-996-0500, I thought you were. No, we'll see if anyone's it. listening. <laughs> Ouch, no one wants the book. Love you all. Mom, I know you're there. <laughs> Start dialing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, so it'll be fun. And you can help with uh, writing Tim's forward, so you'd be immortal, really, in Tim's book as well. Over. Roger. Yeah, we had just a little issue here with the... Uh the TV, so. Remember the old days of radio where you were just on the radio? Yeah, that's all you had to worry about. <laughs> you weren't in a chat room. or That was hard enough for us. <laughs> right. 
And uh, well, uh, like, sooner or later we'll get all this technology settled. But for right now, it's uh, it's actually killing us. It's 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 really screwing us over. But uh, that's fine because we're happy to be part of the Fade family. Uh, so we were talking beforehand though about the. Uh, the idea of how when these legends come up, when people go and they investigate them, they become part of them. What are some of the predominant legends in this area that you see people going out and tripping upon? Well, I mean, you've got the Bridgewater Triangle, of course, down in spooky South Coast land here. Uh, what's great about the the Bridgewater Triangle, this is something Lauren Coleman noticed you know, decades ago, is that you've got uh, so many legends that, that correspond there. You've got Bigfoot sightings, UFO sightings, ghost sightings, and that's what happens with some paranormal hotspots. They become uh, a magnet for all kinds of legends. So one of my favorite from the, um, from the Bridgewater Triangle, actually, I'm not sure if we talked about it when Chris Balzano was here a few weeks ago, but the mad trucker of Copacut Road, yeah. you know, where Chris bottomed out and wrecked his car and... <laughs> But uh, but it's such a great story because it's so obscure. The, the story goes that, uh, you know, you're, you're driving down the, the road, and this road turns from, like, a street to a dirt road to, you know, something you can barely navigate. And you're driving down the road, and this truck, pickup truck, will come up behind you, and they'll be right on your tail, and you pull over, and then the truck's gone. That's the legend. And it's one of these things where a, a few people know about it in the region. Uh, oddly enough, no one on Copacut Road really knows about it, even though there's only a few houses. But but people still talk about it. It's on some message boards. And once you put it out into the ether, people start wondering. Or they have that friend of a friend of a friend who, you know, who swears they, you know, they know someone who saw it happen. Uh, and they and they take off. And, I mean, I know people that live out in the area, and they say that, you know, it's become a story that they share now in the high schools that the kids talk about when they go out parking. Yeah, sure. So it uh, it has definitely taken on a life of its own. And parking is a big part of legend tripping for sure. I mean, no, that's not a joke. Why are you laughing, Sarah? Laugh louder so they can hear it. Wait, we have a caller. We Maybe. do. Let's, Let's get go to the phones. Breaker one nine. We have uh, somebody here who wants the opportunity to win. Picture yourself legend tripping. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome to Spooky South Coast with Jeff Belanger. Okay, I've called before. I. Don't want the book. I just want you guys. No, 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 no. Listen. I think he means save it for somebody else. Uh, yeah, they, they're gonna need. We need somebody to get in there. I'm a believer, so you guys don't have to sell me anything. Oh, we just thought you had discerning taste. No, 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 no. I work in a. Let's let's put it this way. I do work in a cemetery. Cool. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, and, tell us. What do What do you know? Okay, listen. You guys, I've called before, and I keep telling you guys. You guys got to go to Rural Cemetery in the city of New Bedford. I know you guys are from WBSM. Right. I want you guys to go through about 8.30, 9 o'clock when the sun starts to set. Now, this is, most calls I think I'm, maybe I'm a lunatic, but I'm not. Because I like to go in there at nighttime for some crazy reason. But the point is, you got to go to the Grape Street Gate. All right? That's right off of Allen Street. Is it a Grave Street Gate? Grape. No, Grape Street. Grape. You're going like, to leave it unlocked for us? It's always unlocked. There's always room for one more, as we say in the cemetery <laughs> business. You guys are going to go in. You're going to go in about uh, 1,000 feet and stop there. To your right, there's a gentleman there with an old hat. I'm not going to tell you the grave number because I'm not going to get involved in this because I do work for the city. But about 9.15, you're going to see him move. You're going to see him wander around the cemetery. Any of these calls who don't believe... We're going to really get a good laugh out of this because this man, what I call the mayor of the city, the original mayor, nice-dressed gentleman, black coat, top hat. You know what a top hat is, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he walks around. You're going to take a left around the bend. There's an old tree there. 
he sits there for a while. So for these cars who don't believe in what you guys are saying, I do trust maybe you guys will go there and do check because I've been there certain times. I've been pushed. I've been hit with rocks. And there's nobody around that I can scream at. So you know what? For you guys out there that don't believe, sometimes I go in, I leave my car parked away from anyone. So nobody thinks I'm, you know, playing games or anything like that. And I like to walk around because I have a, this fixation that the dead do come back for some reason or other. Whether it's a ghost, which I don't believe in ghosts, but they are spirits, okay? There's energy sources out there. Right. And they always come back for one reason or another. Whether it's that something was unfulfilled, they want to send a message or whatever, they always come back. Now, I work throughout the city cemeteries. The only place that I've always encountered reasons, it's in the old graveyard for some unforsaken reason. But, gentlemen, you should really pay a visit to uh, Rural Cemetery. And at this note, those people out there that don't believe, take a ride out there. Park your car and just shut it off and listen. It's not the wind that's talking to you. When they call your name, don't turn around. There might be somebody <laughs> looking for you. Yeah. Gentlemen, good night. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks for the call. And, uh... Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, someone who works at a cemetery, you know, isn't it great? These folks have these stories. Um, a lot of them are believers. We hear from people, you know, EMS workers, police officers. They know the stories. They may not want to officially uh, recognize them, but they know when you get them one-on-one, -on -one, they've got stories. And you must find, though, I mean, I know that when we talked to you about uh, who's haunting the White House, and you mentioned that you'd spoken to employees at the White House, but you must find that, Sometimes it's the people that you don't expect that are the most willing to open up about these things. It might take a little while. Sure, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that there's something, uh, there's this great release that comes when people start sharing these stories. And that's a part of, of legend sharing. It's a part of folklore is that it's a, it's a, more than anything, it's a human connection with your fellow human being. It's a way to bond with someone. You know, you're sharing something that's often very personal, that's kind of profound, um, you're trusting them because some people might think you're crazy to say that you thought there was an alien or a ghost or a monster or whatever. So there's this, this trust, this bond that forms with the person you share that story with. And I've seen this, you know, especially at the smaller lectures I'll, I'll do, you know, at libraries and things like that. As, as soon as someone starts sharing their local story and others go, oh my God, I heard that too. And I heard this. And there's this great bond. There's this great release that comes from the, the telling of the tale. And, you know, th that connection is powerful. We, you mentioned earlier briefly parking. And you're darn right that, that legends is part of the, the purpose of legends is an aphrodisiac. No question. You, you know, you bring your date out to the scary road where the monster said to have lurked. You tell her about it. Everybody's kind of playing a role. Maybe she's really scared or maybe she's playing along because she wants to get close to you too, God willing. Um, but either way, you know, the the ends justify the means. Am I right or am I right? Oh, you are definitely right. Matt, am I right? Oh, yeah. Sarah? Always. It's definitely, ah. it's definitely like the paranormal field's best bet on a date of oh, getting right. some action. Is, <laughs> right. you know, like, so, uh, Jeff, what you're saying is you take women down lonely roads and show them a monster? <laughs> Not so much. No. But, uh, but, it, but it is legendary. But not in a good way. <laughs>
I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> are we still on the air? We are still on the air. Oh, and son of a gun. If anybody would like to call in and share their own stories, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. Again, the book is still up for grabs as well. Hey, well, one, you know, since we got to get this started because there's a long way to go. And um, So, uh, Sarah, I'm going to ask you, name uh, a spooky South Coast uh, crew member. Hmm. Your favorite. My fa- oh, well, then that's got to be Matt Costa. All right, Matt Costa. Got it. Good. Sorry, is this like the Mad Libs version? No, no. I just I had a lot of holes. When I just knocked this thing out before coming here, and uh, we'll fill it in as we go. But um, but thanks, thanks for your help. We'll get all around callers if you want to help too. Please, uh, I promised him a forward, and he's going to get it tonight. You can also uh, email us to spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and I'll read those on the air. And the chat room is at fatemag.com slash radio, which we're working on getting back up and running. I promise. Uh-huh. But. Let's not worry about that. I mean, no, gotta, I won't. We need to have this discussion about legend tripping because when I'm reading the book and I'm looking at kind of the different perspective now on a lot of these stories that I already know about from an investigative point of view. You know, we know a lot of these haunts that you're talking about. We know a lot of these UFO hotspots, uh, these different urban legends that you write about in the book. We've heard of all of them from the idea of let's kind of look at them and find a way to disprove them. It's completely different to have a chance to look at them from this perspective to say, let's not worry about just uh, proving and disproving them. Let's worry about just having fun, just kind of absorbing ourselves into it. Isn't that why we... Yeah. You know, ghosts, I can understand people who want to run out and check out the legends of ghosts. Urban legends especially, I can understand. I can't understand why people would want to go out there and, and trip on these legends about UFO abductions. Because oh my God, what if they're real? <laughs> no, but but you do. But you want to stand where the UFO was said to have landed. You want to talk to the witnesses who said they were abducted. That's that is a part of it. I mean, come on, don't you want to know? These these are these are big questions. It's not was there really a UFO there? The the big question is is there life out in the universe beyond Earth? Is there life after death? Are there monsters that we don't know about yet lurking? Are they interdimensional? Like that's those are the questions you're going to have to answer for yourself. But that's really what you're asking when you're legend tripping. All right, let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jeff Belanger, and we get the camera working. How are you doing? Good, Tim. It's uh, Mark and Easton. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. Mark. <laughs> I uh, I first found out about Urban Legends and all that. It was freshman year of high school. We went to Cardinal Spellman. So everybody comes in from all these different towns. We start sharing something at the cafeteria. All of a sudden, oh, wait, that happened in my town. Wait, that happened in my town. That's where I started getting into it, and I've been uh, checking into it ever since. But I thought now is paranormal investigating until uh, Jeff explained to me in his book that I've been uh, legend tripping all the time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mark, I need an adjective, please. An adjective? An adjective. Uh, it's a descriptive word. For... I didn't know what it is. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, just name one. Uh, weird. Yeah, good. Perfect. Perfect. We're, we're going to get this forward written tonight. Uh, yeah, actually, I probably should have said spooky for that show. No, well, no, weird's perfect. That's and great. And speaking of weird, uh, we'll we'll be uh, reading a story in the week in weird coming up later on that uh, you provided to us. So thank you. Aww. Oh, you did get that. Okay, good. We did. And we owe you a bumper sticker. Sweet. All right. Yeah, mine just wore off my car, so that was so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty high quality. Uh... Yeah, do you have the well, book? Because you're you're a caller. We'll send you the book. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I got you both already. But oh, thank you. Man, I, we can't give this thing away. <laughs> Unless you want to, uh, send me an autograph one. I'll take it. All right, you got it. Sweet. All right, thanks, man. All right, thanks, Jeff. All right, All right. have a good night, Mark. Thanks. See ya. You too, Jim. Bye. 
and of course Mark was part of our Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, which is really, I mean, on a night like that when we have all these teams calling in from the field, they really are just legend tripping because yeah. there's so much going on. It's so hard to actually go out there and capture evidence and conduct a formal investigation. So they're really just out there for the legends. There's a great story in the book, um, which is which is uh, really cool because it's um, Sarah told it to me because it's a, it's a local legend from where she grew up, and I'm going to ask her to tell it right now. From Idaho Falls, Idaho. Uh, <laughs> this is like quintessential legend tripping when you're a kid. This is like the original definition. Sarah, what happened? What Tell us. You're making Idaho famous here right now. <laughs> you don't need to read it. You lived it. I did. I'm not going to read it. So <clears throat> basically it's like your classic story of when you're a kid and you're hanging out with your friends who are likewise into really kind of cool, weird stuff. And, of course, it's always someone's older brother who, with his friends, tells the story of how they go to this graveyard at night. And there's this grave that if you go and you knock on it three times, supposedly it's going to knock back at you. And, you know, some people said it was a vampire. Some people said it was a witch. Um, whatever the case, we thought it was really cool. And the first time I heard it, it was maybe like eight or nine, which made it even like more, I guess, magical because your imagination runs wild. So by the time that I was actually at an age where I could get away with going to the cemetery at night, I was maybe like 12 or 13. And of course, we snuck out of the house to do it, which made it even better. Um, and we did it. And we, you know, we would pretend like we heard something and spook each other out. But truth be told, if I was honest about it, we never heard anything. But you wanted to believe that it was true. And what was cool is that if, um, you know, you go back there, I still hear kids talk about the same cemetery, the same headstone that will knock back at you three times. And I just love that it lived on through all the years, through, and I'm not going to state my age or anything, but it's been a while and it's still <laughs> kicking around. Hey, hey, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of cool. And so I went and I visited there uh, just this past Christmas and took some pictures. I didn't know Jeff was going to write a book, so it kind of worked out that way. Um, but yeah, like you know, like anyone, it was a legend tripping, and I think any of us have been doing that since we were kids, and we just didn't realize yeah, what we were doing. It's kind of like your introduction to investigation. Yeah. You oh, lean absolutely. A, you lean on your friends for books, man. I can't stress it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. So, usually, though, you wait. You don't wait until the week before it's due to ask them to contribute. <laughs> no, I thought of that months ago. Once you've been through the ringer a few times, you know to lean on them early. Yeah. See, I just assume like a, a popular guy such as yourself, you just have like forwards. Already just save there, and you just oh, kind of yeah. insert name here. Yeah, yeah. Like a teacher that writes you a college recommendation. Yeah, sure. So. Well, no, I, I didn't, so we're, we're filling it in tonight. It'll be good, though, yes. I promise. So we, we definitely need you to call in. 508, please, because i got a lot of words to cover. Yeah. 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. Everything's back up and running on Fate Radio if you want to join in the chat room there. Uh, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of these local legends. Uh, you know, they might not have made the book, some of them, because they're, you know, they're just our own. But uh, we'll talk about some of those, and we'll see if we can spark some of the discussion with the local callers. And also, feel free to call in from wherever you are as well. One thing that we do want to let you know is uh, SpookySouthCoast.com is, of course, your home for all things regarding this program. But it's going to be undergoing some changes real soon. We brought on Christopher Balzano as our content editor. So... Even though we've been telling him this for like the last four and a half years, can we all formally recognize that Chris Balzano is now part of the Spooky Crew? He's part of the show. Yay! Yay! Because he never believes me when I tell him that. What he doesn't understand is he's the only... in the band? He's the only one... He's Ringo. He's the only one that... (laughs) (laughs) Who's the one still going? So, uh, (laughs) But let's just say... 
he's the only one of the, uh, that's part of the spooky crew that actually does any work for the show. So <laughs> it's about time that he finally got a formal title. So content editor Chris Balzano will be joining us coming up in a few weeks to talk about some of the exciting changes. About, well, basically, we're going to make Spooky South Coast uh, the second website that you're going to go to every single day to talk about the paranormal right after ghostvillage.com. And then 30-odd minutes, and then legend tripping, and then jeffbelanger.com. So it's like the fourth or fifth, but still up there. Yeah. It, it's it, t- Tell you what, when you sit down in front of the computer with a bowl of Cheerios, you'll have plenty to keep you entertained. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, man, you up? No. Wake up, I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, broadcasting on WBSM and on Fate Radio, and we are talking about Legend Tripping with Jeff Belanger. The new book is called Picture Yourself Legend Tripping. You can get it if you click right on the link on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. And we were talking before the break about some local legends, and I I think in the second hour we can get into some of these even more widespread urban legends that everybody encounters no matter where they live. Uh, But at least here in the local area, and we can see if some of our callers will uh, want to call in and share their own experiences, but we've got... Numerous legends, Matt Moniz, that we've been out there tracking down for the last, you for 20 years and us for the last five years or so. But uh, out of all the local legends that are out there, what has been the one that has been popping up on your radar uh, for the past few decades? Hearing from other people? Yeah, well, or with your own experiences there either. Uh, I think the biggest one that keeps coming up is the red-headed hitchhiker of uh, 44. Uh, as a kid... I went up and down 44 when I first got my license with several other kids, and we all tried the, you know, beeping the horn and shutting the lights, turning the lights on and off and whatever. And um, over the years, other people have tried, you know, doing the same. Um, of course, the other legends that I used to like to go to, Profile Rock, The Ledge, you know, although I, first time going to The Ledge, you know, was more looking for UFOs. But What's interesting about the, the Assonant Ledge is that, there's a legend that sprung up around there that, according to the history of the location, shouldn't be true, but yet you experienced yourself firsthand. Yes. Which is what, what fascinates me, and I don't know if you're familiar with the story, Jeff, but... You're being cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there on behalf of listeners. But, uh, well, the Yosemite Ledge, of course, out in the Freetown State Forest was uh, quarried out. Uh, in the Are you pronouncing that right? What? The ledge. The ledge? The what? first part. Yosemite? I always heard it differently. Never mind. Really? I've said too much. A sonnet. A sonnet. Uh, well, uh, fine. <laughs> or you could be vulgar. Wait till I say. Wait till I say something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I worked hard at not having a New England accent. So. Era the ass on it, ledge. We're, we're trying. We're trying to be an international program here and not sound. Uh, but anyway, so we you, you go out to the ledge and and you hear the stories about the. UFOs is what I was out there originally. Originally, yeah. But uh, when I got out there, 
my friends that were locals that grew up in the town were unloading the vehicle. Uh, they told me, yeah, just walk straight through that path. You, you'll see the ledge once you clear the trees. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. If you're not careful, that will happen. I know. I've been there. And um, so I walked from the car right through the path, and from the path I could see a woman standing out on, basically it's a prominence on, on the end of the um, cliff edge. I turned to uh, my fellow cohorts and said, uh, we're not alone here, guys. Turned and looked back, and the woman was gone. The only other way she could have gone was straight down because I was blocking the path getting off the, getting off the ledge edge, and she didn't go by me. So I went running to the edge, and the other guys come up behind me. and was like, you know, tell me what you saw. And I described it. It's like, oh, you saw the lady of the ledge. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Yeah, she's a ghost. She died here. And the legend surrounding it is that she was a, a Native American Rick, princess. Native American, but that's one version. Another version is that she was in. It was in the 1940s or 50s. A jilted lover had stood her up or gotten married to somebody else after something, and she jumped. Now, what's interesting is, well, it's what's more sad is there is a death there at least once a year. From people falling off that or di- diving of course, off of it. Stone yeah. kids on a Sunday afternoon yeah. asking me how deep I think the water is. Yeah. <laughs> I told them, deep, deep enough. Deep yeah. <laughs> no, but there, there are police records. There, there, there was somebody that dies there every year, pretty much. Well, now, Jeff, when you're... Field trip. Be- before you were collecting legends for legend tripping, was there ever a point when, as you're collecting paranormal stories, where you tried to dif- differentiate between a legend and what might be a true paranormal case you can't uh as soon as someone says something's haunted it's uh, the legend's born well, even like as soon as someone says uh, my house is haunted i hear someone walking around in the attic boom legend born small legend and and maybe you go there and you say oh you've got a raccoon living up here and and you disprove it and then the legend goes away but it was still a legend r- right out of the get-go a legend is a story that you retell it's it's something uh, that you find compelling enough to want to know more whether it's hear more Go actually, you know, put yourself into it and, and see the, the location, uh, or something that you share with another person. So yeah, no matter every paranormal investigation is a legend trip to begin with, because you heard a story and you heard I, an element of truth that made you pursue it. But even when we're younger, there's sometimes cases where we say, eh, "That one sounds a little bit crazy." Oh, of course, and that's the thing about uh, folklore and legend is that uh, if it sounds too crazy, you don't repeat it. And and the legend won't propagate, it won't grow, it won't get stronger. So if I if I told you something totally way out, like, you know, this morning we went out into the Bridgewater Triangle and I saw Elvis and the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot square dancing, you'd be like, okay, dude, you know, like that's not going to take legs because it's so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You know, it's just a crazy story. But when a crazy story is backed up by or a hard night of drinking. <laughs> yeah, either way. <laughs> been a long week uh but you know either way you know that's that's the nature of it and so uh you know same thing with with um with any anything paranormal like it's it's a story um sometimes there's really something behind it like a raccoon or something we can't explain something intangible that you know we just can't uh we can't explain away all right well we are coming up uh, against the news when we come back we are going to just open up the second hour to more legend talk and uh, we hope that you will call in and share 508 996 500 one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Real quick, uh, Andrew Lake, name a fast food restaurant. Anyone, yell it out right in the microphone. Wendy's. Got it. All right. We'll be right back with more uh, coming up in the second hour. We're going to take more calls to help with my forward. 
We're going to try to give away a copy of the book, and uh, you can also join in to discuss anything paranormal because we've got quite the team here that can discuss pretty much any aspect of the paranormal. Jeff Belandre is here. The Oddballs are here. Matt Moniz is kind of pulling dual duty tonight, walking on both sides of his fence. So, and I mean that in a purely professional manner. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. He does Stop look sexy. it. He looks sexy tonight, Matt. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? Past that. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. Spooky South Coast is back. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. I knew it. I'm surrounded by All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, broadcasting on Fate Radio. And Jeff Belanger is here to talk about legend tripping and also perform the Hump the Neighbor's Dog dance maneuver. That was actually the mule. Oh, is that is that what that one was? Okay. Yeah. Is the, the difference in how high up you get your knee? No, you is grab that? your ankle and watch. Huh? Got it? There you go. You yeah. Listen, do you smell something? <laughs> So we have a few things that we want to uh, just let you know about before we go into the next hour of the show where we talk more about legend tripping. But for anybody who is local and you've been to Fort Tabor and you've been to Fort Rodman and you know that they have a a great military museum down there, well, they just built an expansion onto that museum uh, with a donation that they got from a bank. But now they need about $6,000 more to be able to refurbish the inside and move some of the exhibits from the main part of the museum into the uh, addition. Now, if you've ever been there, you can understand and appreciate what they do there. It's all volunteer run. Uh, they do not draw a profit. They rely solely on donations. Uh, they need, again, $6,000 uh, in donations to get this expansion finished. So if you'd like to make a donation of any amount, you can send a check to Fort Tabor-Fort uh, Rodman Military Museum Building Fund, 1000C-100C. 1000C, Rodney French Boulevard, New Bedford, Mass, 02744. And if you need that address again, you can email me, tim at spookysouthcoast.com, and we'll make sure that we get you all the information so you can make a donation to the uh, Fort Tabor Fort Rodman Military Museum. Also, if you're in a giving mood, I will say... look. Well, that too, but we do have, we do have a donate button on SpookySouthCoast.com, so I will throw that out there as well. Um, but also, uh, Cryptomundo, the website of Lauren Coleman, uh, he's recently posted how he's you know been kind of behind a little bit in keeping that website up and running. Uh, so he is looking for donations. If anybody out there would like to help keep Cryptomundo going, you can just go to Cryptomundo.com. It's probably linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com. Just type in cryptozoology into Google. It'll be the first site that comes up. Or Lauren Coleman. Uh, or even just type in Bigfoot, and it's going to come up there in one of the first few websites, and you'll be able to make a donation to help Lauren keep that going as well. So, And again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're part of the Fate Radio Network now, so you can see us along with shows such as The Other Side, Ghostology, and their Saturday Night Paranormal Open Mics, which, of course, we preempted this week because the Red Sox moved us back. Uh, they also have a new show debuting with Beth Brown coming in the few, uh, next few weeks. Oh, and a new Fate, radio, uh, new Fate website is launching August 2nd, 
But the old website is still up and running, fatemag.com. And if you go there, you can read Matt Moniz's first article for Fate Magazine regarding the China UFO. Yep. There's also something that uh, you can donate to uh, for us on the Spooky Crew. We got offered a thermal camera at a very reasonable price. And uh, hopefully we might be able to get, if we get enough donations, we might be able to procure it and use it in our upcoming investigations. Guys, I'm going to save you a lot of money right now. Yes. Um, the thermal camera does not actually pick up farts. Really? Tried it. First time uh, we were at Waverly, we had one. Um, it shows like your your pants might change color a little bit as it warms, but you don't see the actual burst. <laughs> so um, there's no no need to get one now. I, I, I think it saves just, you guys thousands of dollars. No, you just you just need to put a little more effort behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one more thing we're going to let you guys know about. Last week we had the Paranormal Expeditions girls on. They have their launch party for their DVD uh, tonight. It is at the Sanctuary, 189 State Street in Boston. If you mention PXP at the door, you get in for only $5. So that's starting uh, at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. So just uh, after the show's over, you can head down there, the Sanctuary in Boston, to join in their party. <laughs> it does, you know, it doesn't work. It really I doesn't. I've run from so many cops into churches. Nope, they always follow you right in. Yeah. So uh, – we're talking about Legends with Jeff, who has just written a book called Picture Yourself, Legend Tripping. And uh, it's from the highly successful and very informative Picture Yourself series of paranormal and other books. It's yeah. not just paranormal and New Age stuff either. Right, yeah, but there have been uh, uh, several great Chris Balzano, of course, from uh, one of the Spooky South Coast members, yes. I understand. Content editor. <laughs> He's the content editor. Uh, wrote uh, Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on Film. Tiffany Johnston, I know, has been on your, your show, uh, Picture Yourself Developing Your Psychic Ability. And um, it's cool because I've been, I've got to work on all those books actually as a as a pro, as an Me editor. Too. Yeah, Matt too. Uh, where were you? I'm in all of them. Right. But uh, he he just shows up. He shows up. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually edited each of those books. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I meant. I, but but yeah, no, Matt Matt is in all of them. Matt's everywhere. Well, God, look at but you know what? Can you? I mean, he's sexy. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is he's so unassuming, like, he kind of just works his way into things. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the the Picture Yourself books are phenomenal. They're great. They're a great resource for people who are just getting into some of these subject matters. Here's the thing. It's fun. It's full color. It's got a DVD. All of them do. Uh, and the whole idea is, we know no one has a lot of time. You want to start doing this stuff right away. And that's what's great. With all these subjects, you can. You can... St- Pick up the book. You can do it this weekend. And, and I mean, shoot, Legend Tripping, you can do it right now. Um, you know, you, you've probably already done it. <laughs> if you listen to the Spooky South Coast regularly, I'm guessing you're probably already a Legend Tripper. Uh, so, you know, no worries. Jump in, get started. But what these books do is they, they give you some guidelines, some ideas you might not have thought about. Uh, one of the things that Andrew Lake and I were talking about uh, very recently, you know, Andrew's working on a book. Who isn't? And uh, <laughs> yeah, <who is laughs> my condolences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things that um, that he had mentioned is he he got a business card printed up. And as a legend tripper, you have no idea how many doors a business card will open up for you. It legitimizes you in an amazing way. You're like, hey, I'm working on this project. You know, here, here's who I am. I'd love to come in. All of a sudden, you're not just some freak who wants to gawk. You're you're something in business cards. Shoot, you can go to some websites and get them made for like ten bucks. Yeah. I won't mention another dot com because I think we're over the quota <laughs> already. But uh, but that you know th- that's a trick that you might not have thought about. Um, you know the approach to interviewing a witness. You know one on one is often better than a group kind of thing, and you know all those things. And and 
you know, when you talk about legends too, the reasons we want to document them is because there's an interesting phenomenon that legends combine with others. I said that earlier. There's this cross-pollinization that happens. Segway. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Andrew and I were talking during the break about um, about that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Matt already brought up the red-headed hitchhiker uh, at my website, greenvilleparanormal.com. Oh, There's another ding. Um, uh, I have a uh, section, uh, Legend Tripping, and in it, in my Rhode Island section, I mentioned Tower Hill Road in Cumberland, Rhode Island, which is uh, a stretch of road that, like many roads all over the world, has a paranormal reputation. And uh, matter of fact, there's even been two Bigfoot sightings on the road. Uh, ghosts, um, orbs, you name it. It's been seen. But I, I found it interesting that when I go to my website, uh, to the company that I uh, do it through, they let you know how many hits I've had uh, at the website. And they also show you what questions were put in um, to find my website. And uh, one day the question was, Legends of Tower Hill Road. And then a couple of days later it said, Red-Headed Man on Tower Hill Road, Cumberland, Rhode Island. And I thought, has somebody actually seen a red-headed guy on Tower Hill Road? Or most likely, it's the red-headed hitchhiker from Rehoboth in 44 being crossed over to another paranormal location. Because we know ginger people are not allowed on Tower Hill Road. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But the, the red-headed hitchhiker is just another example, though, of this similar figure who appears all over the world. I mean, there's there's these phantom hitchhikers and, and people who walk along the sides of highways and appear in cars. I mean, yeah, but they're usually babes. <laughs> they are I, often women. I talked to a guy who served in the Marine Corps, and he was out in the, um, uh, 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 what's the, the island there off the coast of Japan that, the, that we have the big Okinawa. base Okinawa. Okinawa, that's it. And he said that uh, there's a stretch of road where there's a bridge, and the taxi cab drivers will not cross that bridge on one certain night in the year because there's a girl who jumped off the bridge and committed suicide, and uh, the cabbies are so scared they will not go near that bridge. But she's supposedly a beautiful wraith, not some guy with unkempt hair and a plaid shirt. <laughs> and, and, but that is part I wouldn't of, pick him up. That is part of legend. So there are so many legends that have that aspect to them of the on a certain night or when the moon is a certain way or when there's ever. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's part well, of the building that story. Because we need something tangible with these legends. We need a tangible date, name, location, something we can hold on to. And so uh, with the redheaded hitchhiker of Route 44, he's seen on the Rehoboth Seekonk line at a very specific place. It's Route 44. It's the Rehoboth Seekonk line. That's a s very narrow stretch. It's a town line. Mm -hmm. So you know exactly where we're talking about. Uh, where he comes from, oh, you know, 1930s or 40s. Enough, Far enough back that you really can't put a pinpoint on it. But you need something tangible. And that's, uh, you know, that's the amazing... Urban legends, too, offer us something tangible because, you know, um, it's something we can try, like the legend of Bloody Mary, where you look into a mirror and you say Bloody Mary. And... Speaking of Bloody Mary, Mary, Sarah, who was just a, a great sport through all this, was willing to try just about everything we put her through. And she was actually. She didn't try the Pop Rocks. No, she didn't. We'll get to that. But we have a caller. Not anymore. Oh. You're too long winded, Jeff. Jeff. That's, gun, that's how they. Might... Call back. Come yeah, on. Yeah, 508 996 0500 996 1420. They probably got on the line and said, uh, this is not the show I thought I was calling. Probably a wrong number, quite frankly. But uh, one of the one of the great stories, um, uh, Bloody Mary, uh, the way I heard it, and this is just one version because there's a million. Maryworth, long ago, uh, was a beautiful young girl. She was horribly disfigured in some kind of accident, and and her parents took all the mirrors out of the house. They didn't want her to see. They didn't think she could handle seeing just how disfigured she was. And curiosity got the best of her, and she found a mirror, and she was so appalled at what she saw that she went into the mirror looking for her old reflection. And she vowed to, you know, punish, disfigure anyone who ever summoned her 
again forever, you know, for, for bringing it up. And so, <laughs> sorry, I thought something was about to happen. Yeah, My psychic sense was tingling. <laughs> but, but at the same time, uh, and so, so how many people have been at sleepovers, especially girls, you know, who, who would get into, you know, a bathroom where it's dark and you say her name three times or 13 times or whatever, but there's a process to it. And someone often knows someone who said, oh yeah, you know, it, it reached out. How about the new twist we heard at the Houghton Mansion? The toilet flushing. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone, uh, yeah, at the Houghton Mansion conference, it said, uh, oh, yeah, we did that and the toilet flushed. <laughs> like, spooky. Sarah, what happened when you tried it? <laughs> Which time? Like when I was a kid? Yeah. Or when you ever. forced me through blackmail to do it in front of the mirror? That time. Either time. Um, no, absolutely. That was one of the most popular things that any young girl would do at slumber parties was just freak each other out and either take a candle if you could get away with it because it's playing with fire. And let's face it, we're children. You're not supposed to do that. But uh, they didn't really stop us without parental supervision. Um, so Somebody always had batches. Uh, totally. Yeah. There's there's a way around it. Where there's a will, there's a way, especially if you're a kid in Idaho and you're bored. Um so, yeah, basically, when uh, the parents were asleep, we would make the room dark, go to the mirror, and see if we could summon Bloody Mary. And how we learned it was you do it in front of the mirror, you kind of have your flashlight held up to your face, and then you're supposed to shut it off, and she's supposed to appear as mm-hmm. soon as you say that. And you say it about three times while spinning in circles, um, whatever it was. Um, and that, it, that was one of the most popular things we did besides, you know, prank calling people in and the phone book. Boys. Talk about boys and about paint nails. And, yeah. You never did trances? You never put each other into trances? Oh, like the... Light of the Light of the Feather. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. As long as truth or we dare. Can, we can do it after the show. Nude I think it would make for boring stuff. radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would be very boring radio. You're right. Whoa, someone said the word nude. I did, but, you know, <laughs> Jeff interrupted me, so... We'll oh, save that for later. Man, <laughs> Sorry. But, okay, Matt Moniz, real quick. Um, can you name a gas? <laughs> Hydrogen. Thank you. Now the uh, the local legends that that everybody kind of grows up hearing about, and and we have uh, quite a diverse mix of cultures down this way, and some of these legends that might come from Portugal or might come from France or where some of our other immigrants in this area come from, Ireland, uh, you know, they're kind of unique to those cultures. But then you also have the more modern legends that definitely seem to be unique to the younger generation, and one of those is UMass Dartmouth. I know you went there, Matt, when it yeah. was uh, when it was still SMU, and I went there when it was UMass Dartmouth, and you always hear these stories about how the architect of the... architect the, went crazy, jumped off the, the radio spire. Well, no, before this, he went crazy, he was actually a devil worshiper, yes. and that's why every single staircase has 13, 13 steps. steps. Yep. That's why there are no clocks anywhere on the campus, uh, in any of the classrooms or in any of the hallways. The places in the shape of Stonehenge. Yeah, and all these different stories that we heard, and... It only took, I mean, maybe now because we're in the internet age, it, it makes it easier to debunk a lot of these stories. It only took five minutes on Google to find out who the architect was, that he was a, a student of Frank Lloyd Wright, yep. and you know they give an explanation as to why it was designed the way it was. But it doesn't stop the legend from going on. I mean, there's teachers, uh, professors in, this, in the university that are railing against this legend, but they can't stop it. Right. Um, it is an interesting school. It's the only school I've ever been to. You enter on the first floor of one building and walk down a set of hallways, and you end up on the third floor of another building without going up or down a set of stairs. It's it's basically made to so mess with your head. So it's a portal. You admit it. <laughs> the whole school is just made to mess with your head. So you don't realize by the time you leave. Hallways that, you, that end in dead ends nowhere. You dump nowhere. five grand a year on that. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
So, but I mean, schools, I mean, they must be, especially colleges, they must yeah. be huge fostering grounds for these legends. Absolutely. Anywhere that, that kids are, you know, um, you know, talking, coming of age stories, all of that stuff. And there's, but there's often a moral to the legends. And, and the moral is, you know, um, you know, the perils of suicide. The moral is, uh, you know, the, you know, for example, there's a lot of, um, you know, like date rape scenarios in some of these legends. Like, well, because the the the, the moral is, if you go off alone into these woods, something horrible is going to happen. Well, guess what? Sometimes horrible things do happen when young coeds walk off into the woods by themselves, trying to cut through a path. I mean, it's mm-hmm. th- there's there's often a you know a moral lesson to all of these legends, and part of the reason that they take hold is because w- I think we say to ourselves, even if it's subconscious, even if it's not true, it's a good lesson. If it scares you from doing something stupid from walking across that dark path at night uh, when you're alone, if it scares you from wandering into that old abandoned building that could collapse around you because you think there's a demon in there, you know, I'm okay with that if I'm a parent or an authority figure. And and I think that's part of the reason why we let these legends go, why we let them propagate. But what's interesting is, like you said before, you know, where you can Google and find out the architects, you know, didn't commit suicide, all that other stuff. Even when you disprove parts of legends sometimes they're already alive they've they've taken root um there's an interesting notion idea called a tulpa or a thought form from you know ancient buddhist scripture and i'm i'm kind of on board with it the idea uh you know for example if, if we went into a crowded restaurant anywhere uh, in north america and and many other parts of the world with a picture of a guy with a white beard and a big red suit and said who is this i don't think you'd have a single exception everyone would say that's santa claus Santa Claus is real. Uh, we we have willed him into being. Now, do I think there's a house at the North Pole? No, I don't think so, and I don't think there's elves making toys. However, Santa is real. He's based on a real person. There's traditions behind him. There's a, there's an understanding of what he looks like and what he stands for, and we all we all know that. So to say Santa is not real is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's completely real, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things too is people will talk about the power of suggestion. And I've always thought that the power of suggestion is almost along the lines of these tulpas, of these thought forms. When you walk up and when you walk up to somebody in a room and say, "You smell gas?" <laughs> Sorry about that. And they say, "Yes, yes, I do smell gas," even though there's no gas to be smelled. Right. You know, you just kind of just walked into a room and said that. I don't think it's just the power of suggestion. I think it's almost you've imprinted that smell of gas on them. And and that's all part of it. But at the same time, uh, like we said before, it's like if you just told a wild story, it wouldn't grow. Um, the difference between power of suggestion is that it might work in creating a legend on, on a limited basis, but without something to reinforce it, without sightings of the redheaded hitchhiker, without people talking about it, without you know those kinds of things, it just it it goes away. It it, it dwindles. We we actually talked about in the very early. Months of Spooky South Coast many years ago, back when we were young lads. Almost six years ago. We had, we had talked about uh, the possibility of starting our own fake legend and kind of doing yeah. a show about it and, and discussing it and almost seeing if we could make it real. Uh, well, we're going to do like a UFO that crashed in the Wee Wee Antic River or something, something along those like lines. That, yeah. And we were going to talk about it as if it really happened and bring somebody on and, and basically see if we could perpetrate a hoax and see what would happen as the end result. And we just thought, hey, we can't get away with this because we're too new on the scene and, you know, yeah. we'll lose a lot of uh, credibility. But now you almost look at it. It's so easy to do that if you can make it a believable legend. Yeah, right. But again, 
someone has to see something. Someone has to share in that experience for it to take off. You're right. You could, and, and, and the other thing too is because your position, because you have been around for a while, if you were to try that today and deadpan it and be serious about it, there'd be lots of people that would take your word for it. Oh, because we pulled it off on Halloween. <laughs> we did right. a good job with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, Orson Welles, right? War of the Worlds. Yeah, I mean, and it, it worked surprisingly. That's right. And so, um, you know, it's not it's not the first time stuff like that's been tried. Um, so yeah, you know, but it's so there's a responsibility that you have being in a position of power when it comes to paranormal legends. Um, you know, to avoid that kind of thing. But yeah, a tulpa, the idea, um, you know, maybe someone once asked me, they said, you know, there's no way anybody can prove that, that Bigfoot is real. And um, the guy that told me that had a statue, you know, the really expensive, nice statue of Bigfoot. And I said, I can prove Bigfoot's real in under 20 seconds without leaving your office right now. And uh, he said, how? And I said, get anyone in here from, from the office. out." And someone walked in and I said, hi, what's that? And I pointed to the statue and they said, Bigfoot. I'm like, great, thanks. And I looked at him and I said, that person wasn't prepared. You know, I didn't, never met them, yet they knew exactly what that was. That's Bigfoot. That's our understanding of it. So maybe he's a tulpa. Maybe he's something that's, I mean, these, these Buddhist monks believed you could create a thought form and you could destroy a thought form, but sometimes the thought form would get away. So you take something like Bigfoot, although he's got lots of names, right? The Grassman of Ohio and the Monster of Coca-Cola Ledge, but it's all the same. Mammonies. Mammonies, right. <laughs> but we all know what we're talking about. Have we thought about this creature so much that once you're in the environment where he's been seen, you think of him, you literally see him. Maybe we have created something into reality. Quantum physics allows for this, (laughs) oddly enough, if you want to get scientific, which I don't because I'm not that smart. Uh, But at the same time, you know, it's possible that this thing is part of our collective conscious now and willed into being. And it's funny because the legends just keep going no matter how much you try to Dispel them and debunk them. In the chat room here, uh, somebody mentioned that if you actually Google Earth UMass Dartmouth, the outside benches make it 666. Six, six, six. <laughs> it yeah. just keeps going. Uh, I mean, it can't, cool. it can't be stopped. Well, you're talking about seeing something and then becoming legends and people seeing it again and again. Yeah. Here's a good example where it was only seen in a short spat of time, the Dover Demon. Okay, that was seen in one night right? by people that didn't realize that other people had seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yet this legend lives on. It's never been seen again since. Now, how is that? How is that in terms of what you're trying to say? Lauren Coleman uh, is the reason for that. He documented yeah. that sighting so well. It was in his books. Uh, the sketch that uh, uh, Bartlett drew yeah. that night has been seen and reseen so many times, uh, and he's never changed his story. So the eyewitnesses still talk about it to this day, thirty years plus later. Um, the, I have a T-shirt with him on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Andrew's got a yeah. T-shirt with, so with Dover Demon on. Yeah, right. And so uh, he's on T-shirts. He's still talked about, and so th- that's why the legend is so strong. Even though there hasn't been another sighting, he's still been experienced by proxy. And the experience is hearing the firsthand accounts, reading the firsthand accounts in in books and stuff like that. Because the eyewitnesses are all still alive; they haven't changed their story, um, and it's and it has been documented so well. So maybe once all the eyewitnesses die off in a you know few more decades maybe you know maybe it'll kind of go away but um that sleepy town of dover has come to identify with this creature as almost like a mascot um and so yeah he's he's taken on a life of his own beyond the very brief 25 hours that he was sighted um you know way back when in in 
if you want to get a better perspective on these legends, all you have to do is take a step back out of the paranormal, per se, and look at just regular, say, American history, and look at some of the grand illusions that we have of some of the heroes of our history, sure. and then we find out the true story behind them. No matter what, the legend is always better, so that's what's going to be what sticks in people's minds. That's right. And one of the things, too, that uh, with legend tripping, one of the things I'm trying to do is... Um, one of the problems I've had with paranormal investigation is that everybody got so specialized. And it was to the point where I remember talking to a MUFON guy in Chicago a few years ago, and he was saying, wow, we're working on this really amazing abduction case. And the people said, you know, and we, we're pretty sure our house is haunted. And they just all said, oh, well, we don't do that. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, really? You know, is this, is this you know, what we the point we got to where ghost people don't want to hear about Bigfoot or... Or, or, you know, because really what this stuff is has more to do with the perception of the witness than anything. I find that interesting because uh, studying abductees for the past 20 years, a lot of them had told me about growing up in haunted houses and dealing with other, you know, have you, because have you ever heard or had any other paranormal experiences? And it, 90% of them, if not more, all say, yes, I lived, grew up in a haunted house, I saw a ghost or this or that. Right, and so the poor MUFON guy who only cares about UFOs comes in and says, oh, well, don't even tell me about that. Well, that's a lot of missed opportunities, yeah. missed data. Um, and, and the other thing, too, it, it gets – MUFON's a great organization. I'm not knocking at all. They do amazing stuff. We could all learn something from them as far as how meticulously they, they document various scenarios. But my critique is that they got so far from story – so far away from story, trying to turn a human experience into ones and zeros. Psychology's never been able to do that. You can't predict human behavior. You, you, you get ideas, and psychology's done great, you know, made great strides, but you still can't predict. You can't break Ask down. the girl in psychology. Yeah, we brought one here. I mean, we keep her around just for that, you know, because we're crazy. But, but at the same time, psychology can't do it. A, a paranormal researcher can't do it either. It's interesting data. It's great stuff. It's a noble effort. But it's still all about story and human experience. And to judge it is not fair. You have to go in and and be receptive to all possibilities. And that's why um, it's so interesting to me. I, I met someone not that long ago who was talking about, you know, he was all about psychic abilities and ghosts and demons. And then uh, I brought up abductees as a potential um, avenue to look into. And he laughed. And I, I, I got really offended. And I told him a dirty word. Um, I said it in a joking manner, but I really meant it. How, you, at some point, if you're going to jump down the rabbit hole, you know, which I think all of us have made that leap, mm-hmm. all of us in this room, um, where we accept possibilities, you have to be open to all of it. It's it's ridiculous to judge and say, well, there can't be aliens. That's crazy. But there sure are demons. You know, really? Where do you get off? You know, you. And so legend, if we can break it down to this simple thing, this least common denominator, this story, Let's start with the story. And then, you know, we're all going to make our individual judgments. We can't help but do that. But let's get down to that basic part and then go from there. Um, but it's not fair to judge it. If, if I'm just into ghosts and you start talking about aliens, it's ridiculous for me to tune you out. You know, it's, it's all interconnected. And kind of a, in a similar vein, a few weeks ago we had Commander Sani Sito on the show. And uh, if you missed that one, that is the alien that crashed yes, of course. in Roswell <laughs> in 1947. So Best radio ever. She comes on to talk with us about how you know she was this actual alien, and then she was reincarnated. And we got killed by a lot of our listeners. Not not killed, well, but a lot still of them. Alive. Yeah, a lot of them thought it was kind of uh, 
you know, a, a little, we were giving her too much credence and giving her too much rope. But I think the same way. Our job is to kind of let the story be told, right. let it get out there, and then the listener can go away with what they think and they can make their own determination. But at least now you have been exposed to that story. Tim, I could use your help with your forward. Um, can you name uh, the name of a demon? Any name. Pick your favorite demon. Um, Come on. I Five seconds. No, no, I don't. No, Come no, on. I don't. I, I don't like to say the names of demons out loud. Just say it. <sighs> I like. I this like, is important. I like uh, Bale. Bale. Yes. Okay. B a e l. Bale. 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 Yes. Okay. Also, my other favorite demon is uh, Matt Moniz. No, the little one that used to come from Hot Wheels with like the big red monster face on it. That one was the best one to go on that loop track. <laughs> yeah, that was the cool. demon. Matt Costa, can you uh, just give me a number? One thousand three hundred forty. Thank you. I was going to say the number you should give out is one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Good five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're going to take a break. It's so good. When we come back, we will discuss more about these legends. We've uh, we've got some time left in the and show for you to call in. We have to finish in. your forward. Yes, too. we do. We have to finish the forward, please. And uh, next week we'll actually finish writing the rest of the book on the air because <laughs> I'll probably still be doing it then, even though it's due before that. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast on. WBSM and Fate Radio. studios of AM 1420 WBSF into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. You know, you say one thing, he said another, and everybody changes back again. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Actually, it's more like Headbangers Ball. We've got yes. the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, broadcasting on WBSM and on Fate Radio. Go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the link there, or go to FateMag.com slash Fate Radio to see what's going on in the Spooky Studio. You don't want to miss it tonight, too, because we have Jeff Belanger, we have the Oddballs, we have a great discussion going on about legend tripping. During the break, we got a question from Dave Francis in the chat room. Dave! And, of course, Dave's a, a good friend of the show and a, a great paranormal investigator in his own right, and he said... He wants to know what happens if a legend tripper totally dispels a legend. Should they keep their mouth shut and let it live, or rat it out and kill it? Keep your mouth shut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, not at all. And that's a great question and a great point. Uh, putting an end cap on a legend, s- dispelling it, is part of it. And if enough people dispel it, it goes away, naturally. So if you come back and say, oh, man, I was pretty much able to explain that one away... It's legit. I mean, you got to present your findings, of course, but at the same time, that will help dispel the legend. If enough people believe you or find the same thing for themselves, the legend will go away. And But what's interesting is that um, people who call themselves skeptics, who are really more like cynics, we, we all know the kind, mm-hmm. um, what's interesting is those guys are also legend tripping, but what they're doing is so egotistical, they want to write the last chapter of the legend. They want to go and say, Oh, that phantom hitchhiker that's been seen on that stretch of highway? I just went back in police records for the last hundred years. No one's ever died there. Ergo, there can't be a ghost. Ergo, all these sightings are false. 
Not true. <laughs> uh, even though the facts don't back up the legend, the legend still exists. And, and it's quite a thing to say, I'm going to write the last chapter. I'm going to end it. Uh, you can't, even with presenting you know, facts. If enough people start to believe you, if enough people do the same research, just like you know, I just said to Dave's question, it will go away. But you know, it's, it's, it's not so easy to kill a legend. And sometimes facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah, yeah like sure. I can bring up a good example of that here locally. The house, the White House that was beside White's of Westport. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's saying, oh, that was a haunted, haunted. It, it never was. And it's because kids breaking into the place and seeing all of these, you know, funerary, you know, parts of coffins and this and that. That's because the place was actually bought by a funeral home and that was used for storage. But, you know, kids create a legend and, of course... Yeah, but you're you're kind of raining on that legend a little bit too by you know giving the background story of it. We hear it all the time, and we always. I, I don't mean I'm not taking a shot. I'm just saying like we have people who call in and mention that. We always say the same thing. We're like, no, what happened was this. And we explain to them the reasoning behind it. But the legend's not going to die. The story's right. still there. That- and so many people had their first paranormal experience there that it, you can't say anymore that it wasn't haunted. You know, maybe enough people believing it was made it that way. Let's go to the phones. We have a call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jeff Belanger talking about legend tripping. How are you? Hey, Jeff. It's uh, Tim and Matt and Andy and everybody. It's Linda. How are you? Hey, Linda. Um, there's a, a word that should be added to your forward about you since you're uh, writing this book is antagonistic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't have room for that, but if you'd like to give me a verb that ends in ing, I'll take it. Mm, verb and ing, huh? Verb that ends in ing. Go ahead, Linda. Your favorite verb that you can say on the air that ends in ing. <laughs> Running. Running. Okay, good enough. But when we've been out, with, I've been out with with Tim, such as Lizzie's. He is very antagonistic to pull spirits or ghosts to come and talk. If there's so, no antagonist, uh, then the story doesn't move forward. We really shouldn't make fun that's of his right. heritage. Uh, no, so, you're right. Um, so that's a good point to put in his forward, maybe a little bit about him. You got it. Well, thanks. Right, okay. Thank you. All right, guys. Catch good you call. later. Thanks for the help. Okay. Bye. All right, good. Andrew Lake, I need a noun. A noun. A person, place, or thing. Noun. Noun. Fountain. Mm. Fountain. Good. Thanks. It's a good thing he's not really asking me too many of these, because my answer to everyone would probably be poop. Because that's how I used to always do Mad Libs. Like, the pooping poop master went to the poop store. All right, and you well, know what? It doesn't matter. Everybody laughed every time you read it out loud. <laughs> poop. All right. I do have to get this wrapped up, though, in the next few minutes because we still have to read it. So, uh, yeah. Maybe some more callers will call in and yeah. we can get some help with this. 508-996-0500. 1-877-996-1420. And if you're in the chat room and you want to help out with the, with the uh, forward as well, you know the numbers. Give us a call. We've uh, we've got some of our good friends in there, and uh, we had talked about the possibility of rebroadcasting the show later on tonight on Fate Radio, but the video kind of crapped out on us oh, due to sorry, the excellent guys. internet connections here at WBSM. So this is it. This is your only shot. Now's the time to get involved. And when you're reading, picture yourself legend tripping. Yes. And you're looking <laughs> through some of the uh, the great photographs uh, that were put in there, and and that were. You know, really helped to make the story. My favorite picture is uh, Matt Moniz. No, this is <laughs> Andrew Lake. Sarah. This is, this is actually uh, Matt Moniz. Yeah, Went, Matt liked, posed for that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, 
That's a great picture. But uh, there was there was one that I wanted to talk to you about. Let you know, see. you know, uh, Tim. Um, I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but your listeners know, can't see the photo on the I radio. I know it's, it's but you'll have, you'd have to hold it closer to the microphone. But it's a point that I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> you put in this picture uh, of uh, signing the Devil's Book, this uh, painting. Yeah, um, from uh, 1483. Wrong. Yeah, and I want to say, in all the depictions I've ever seen of the Devil, it's the first time he's ever had an ass face. <laughs> that was outstanding. I never realized that that he'd been portrayed that way. Yeah, the devil. Uh, the devil's an interesting character, and and uh, so prominent when you're talking about religious legends. That's one of the other things. Um, great point. Um, when we talk about the paranormal, something happened in society over the last few years where it became okay to talk about ghosts, and for whatever reason, society has drawn a line between ghosts and religion. It probably shouldn't be there, but we've just somehow collectively agreed on it that, yeah, we can talk about ghosts, but just please, oh, please don't start bringing up belief systems because then it gets funny, even though ghosts are partially a belief system. The devil is such a great character. He's m- the most interesting religious character ever, which is why he's been part of so many movies and books and and, and art and everything else, uh, you know, selling your soul to the devil, which is f- like, uh, you know, uh, Robert Johnson, the blues man, was mm-hmm. said to have sold his soul to the devil. And it's such a way to, to knock down someone's ability. So the guy disappears for three years in Mississippi and comes back and is an amazing guitar player. Oh, he must have sold his soul to the devil. Not he practiced all the time and got passionate about his instrument and is extremely talented and versatile when it comes to that instrument. It's... Uh, you got lucky, and or it's a it's a an actually more insulting way of saying you got lucky. You sold your soul to the devil. You paid this ultimate price for your soul in exchange for something temporary. Uh, it's just jealousy, really. You know <laughs> that someone would say that. And so this this devil figure turns up. Think about Mary apparitions and Mary sightings. How many times of a cracked window has mildew, and then all of a sudden people are flocking by the hundreds to see an outline of what looks sort of like the Madonna. You know from from uh, Christianity or Jesus and toast or the camera moving on its own over to Sarah oh, and falling. Oh, there it, there it goes. Stay tuned to Fate Radio yeah. for <laughs> the backside of the distributor. That was so cool. Poltergeist. <laughs> that was definitely a poltergeist. But yeah, so religion should be included in this discussion because religious miracles, religious legends, uh, you know, why do we have St. Christopher medals? Why do we pray to St. Anthony when we lose things? You know, all of that stuff um, is, is part of legend tripping. It's funny because there's... I guess belief is the delineation between whether you're religious legend tripping or on a pilgrimage. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, it's really a, yeah. a tight line there. Yeah, no, and, and I think you can do both, but um, <laughs> people watching the camera that just fell, it's, uh, it's getting pretty shaky up there. That's pretty Good cool. enough. Sarah, uh, name a body part, please. <laughs> Any body part? Anyone. My favorite body part? Yep. Female or male? Uh, just oh. the body part. Bodie's likes where this is going. <laughs> Belly button. Okay, good. Thanks. It rhymes with a female body part. Dolores. Uh. All right. Good. Uh. So, uh, about good. how many? How many more do we need? Because I'm one, starting to get a little worried. Yeah, three. Yeah, we're three. Uh, we got minutes now. Okay, let me just grab another one right here. Uh, Matt Costa, a verb shows action. A verb. Um, runs. We already runs. used that. Yeah, one. We used. Come on, come on. Everyone goes to that. Like, Swam. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> All right, come on, callers. We need your help. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. It can't be that hard to just shout out a word. <laughs> You'd think, but uh, yeah, people get shy. Yeah. Um, but no, this is this is fun, and and I think um, I think this is going to be a powerful forward, and more than anything, it's going to help you sell books. 
Tim. This this is going to move units. I'm going to need all the help I can get. So. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Yeah, Tim called, and he said, boy, I'm pretty behind on my deadline. Could you write a forward? And I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to do a forward for you. He's like, could you make it like... 25,000 words. <laughs> and then, then Balzano is going to write the uh, the afterword. He's like, if you could make your afterword like 20,000 words. I've, I've already got the photos done, so there you go. There's a book. <laughs> Just some photos in the Most middle. Of the photos done. Bam, your book is done. It's a lot harder than people think it is. So, I know. No one believes I, us. I know. And, and uh, it's a credit to you, Jeff, that you've been able to, to write so many. And I have to ask you, though, Every time you write one, you seem to write it with the ability to speak to both the beginner and to the seasoned paranormal investigator. You seem to be able to cross that whole audience and that whole, you know, dichotomy. Look at his head getting bigger. Yeah, but, what, all right. When, you, when you're doing that, and watch the camera, folks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow. Boom. But when you're doing that, when you're talking about legend tripping, I mean, you kind of got to start almost from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about something that everybody knows about. They just don't realize that they know about it. How yeah. do you dial it back, or how do you? Well, you know, I've 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 always been like I've, I always stress. I'm not that smart. People, <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes state the obvious, right? So I really need to break things down to the least common denominator for me to get it. I want to read and think about everything I can and break it down till the point I get it. And once I get it, I can write about it. And so I'm always looking for that least common denominator. The reason I got into ghosts was because uh, I was on a spiritual journey, and I felt like ghosts were that least common denominator of spirituality. And I realize now legends are the least common denominator of the really big universal questions. And and even the word legend, it allows us to have a discussion. I love the word because I'm not calling a legend false or based on anything inaccurate or, or not real. But at the same time, it's a very safe word. Even when you're in mixed company, you can say legend, and people who are disbelievers will say, oh, he's going to tell me a story. And they might come around a little bit. They might lean a little bit in a different direction because they heard the legend and found elements true. People who are believers will also be accepting of the word legend because they recognize it is a legend. Although I find some believers are a little bit offended when you call it that. You're like, no, I had an experience. Yeah, and that's okay, and you did. But at the same time, you experienced a legend. Uh, you know, And that's, you know, that's all a big part of this. So thanks. But yeah, so the whole idea is break it down to something simple and then tell it. Tell it in the simplest way possible because it's all I know. And you've essentially found a way for people who aren't comfortable going public with their interest in the paranormal to find a way that they can do so. Right. And what seems like, hey, this is just my recreational fun activity. It gets me out walking in the woods or whatever. You know, yeah. Come to it for, for whatever reason you want to come to it because we all come to it for different reasons, whether it's spiritual or scientific or whatever. Uh, but we all come to it. Uh, don't come to it lightly, you know, and, and don't forget to have fun. You know, we're not we're not doing accounting or our taxes. <laughs> you know, we're 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 looking for legends. We're we're legend tripping, and that's that's what's just so awesome about it. Matt Moniz, I need a noun. Person, place, or thing. <laughs> or idea. No. Crypt. Crypt. Oh, that's a good one. So, and the thing about legend tripping and the idea of this legend tripping is, I I like the the dual use of the word because not only are you tripping out on these legends going out there and investigating them for the coolness factor, but a lot of times you do literally trip into some of these legends. Yeah, right. And you find out that they're all around you. There's monuments here that, you know, we will go around and learn the history of them, but we don't realize that they have these legends around them. For example, we talked earlier about Fort Tabor and Fort Rodman. You know, we know them as these great places where we can go out and learn history about the military battles that happen on the South Coast, but 
then at the very end, somebody might mention something. Oh, and there's a lot of ghost scene here, is, here to it. And that, you know, you've kind of stumbled into it, and now you found a whole new avenue to draw people into it. And there's also living legends. I mean, present company, of course, included. <laughs> uh, but that's, Likewise. But like you said, you know, the, the, there's sometimes the story of a thing is bigger than the thing, is bigger than the sum of its parts. And that's a legend. That's why, you know, sports figures become legendary. You know, they, uh, and probably why they, they fall so hard, because they can't even, I mean, you know, Tiger Woods and all these other greats who just, they, they couldn't even live up to the legend uh, surrounding the real living person. Um, and that's, that's all part of it. It's our society. We're, uh, we're a society that loves fame and celebrity. Uh, and, and the other thing, too, is that, uh, some of these things, especially local legends, become very sacred to us. We become protective of them, like family members or, or part of our heritage, which is good. I mean, that's a good thing. And so, uh, you go someplace visiting, and, and if you can get them to talk about it, it's a very, it's a great way to connect to a, a, a new locale. But it's also a way um, you can really offend people if you get their legend wrong. You know, that's not even how it happened. That's not what it is. I'm going to tell you how it really works, and what you're going to hear is that person's version of the story that they've heard that's part of their heritage and culture. And just what an awesome way. You know, you're on vacation. Go on a legend trip. You will connect. You're instantly no longer a cheesy tourist. You're connecting with local people about something really important to them. And you you form this bond that you I, – I know no other way to get it that quickly with with people who were strangers minutes ago than to talk about these very private, intimate, but profound legends. Well, we're coming up on the end of the program here. Do you, right. do you have all the words that you okay, need? Okay, I need one more. And, Tim, you can do this one. Uh, name of a book by Jeff Belanger. How about Picture Yourself Legend Trip? Oh, God. That was like an alley-oop, slam dunk. All right. <laughs> always always promote the latest one, right? That's yeah. how it works? All right. Okay. Your forward is done. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so uh, write this down. Start typing. <laughs> I'm taking that paper. Yeah, okay. You can have it, sure. Yeah, yep, I want that part. Too. Yeah, yeah. All right. When discussing the paranormal in southeastern Massachusetts, one name rises above all others in regard to knowledge and experience with the unexplained. That name, of course, is Matt Costa. Tim Weisberg's book leaves no paranormal stone unturned. For example, he was weird enough to expose that the ghost lurking at the Fall River Wendy's was really just a hydrogen. Hmm. Thanks. Uh, what many people don't know is that Tim has been possessed by Bale since he was 1,340 years old. But Tim has learned to live with this affliction by running a fountain on his belly button. Enough room for everybody to come and play. <laughs> Ghost of the South Coast is a great resource if you're ready to swim ghosts. According to Tim's book, when searching for ghosts, the most important thing you can bring along is a crypt. Though this book isn't quite as awesome as Jeff Belanger's Picture Yourself Legend Tripping, it's a good second choice. There's your forward, <laughs> Thank sir. Thank you very much. All right, done. And uh, we'll make sure I'll have them actually scan it so they can get it with your handwriting. Yeah, so anything too. else you need, and just the ask. the other side, too. So. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, what are you going to do? All right, well, that about does it for tonight's show on Legend Tripping. So now that you've learned a little more about it, you've heard about it, get out there and do it. Pick up the book, Picture Yourself Legend Tripping. It's a great way, a great jumping-off point. Uh, you can learn how to interview witnesses. You can learn how to document their experiences as well as your own. And it's really just a great way to get out there and get your feet wet into this world. You know, And like we said, good exercise, fresh air, a chance to learn history, and it gets you a little bit closer to Jeff Belanger. So. Aww, and it, Matt Moniz, and a, Sarah, and Andrew, he, and Rob, who's not here. He even says in the book he'll take you by the hand and lead you into it. So. Aww, I will. He will. 
All right, that does it for this week's show. Next week, we're going to be back at 10 p.m., our regular start time, because the Sox are playing earlier in the day. And we'll be back with another fantastic show, both here on WBSM and streaming on Fate Radio. Uh, again, the Fate Radio, new webs- uh, the new Fate Magazine website launches August 2nd, and our new website is coming up real soon as well. So, again, it's going to be the third, fourth, fifth place that you go every day uh, for <laughs> Paranormal News. Right on. The first, of course, being the Matt Moniz blog. Oh, wait, that never <laughs> happened. All right, so until next week, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Casa, for Chris Balzano, and for Jeff Belanger and the Oddballs, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spectacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is...